basin. Then she took a bar of soap and washed her hands in the cold water and dried them on a rough towel. She wouldn't risk marks on the white material. As she worked away, stitching the satin rosebuds around the neck of the dress, Sarah lost herself in the details of her wedding day. She rehearsed every minute of the morning, from leaving the cottage on James's arm until she was walking up the aisle with her two friends, Sheila Brady and Patricia Quinn, walking behind her in the pink dresses she had made for them. Then she saw herself standing at the altar beside Con Tierney, the local lad she'd been courting for the last three years. They would take their vows in front of nearly sixty people, and after that they would go to Butler's Hotel for their wedding breakfast. Later on that evening, they would take the train up to Dublin and spend their first night together in a small hotel in Bray. Sarah's thoughts always came to a halt after that. She couldn't begin to imagine herself and Con alone in the hotel room for a whole week. Herself and Con in a big double bed for the first time. She supposed she would just handle it like every new bride— Take it a night at a time. When she decided that it was safe to venture out into the kitchen, Sarah finished the rosebud she was on, hung the dress back up, slid her feet into her slippers, and went into the kitchen. Martina was over at the stone sink, washing the plates and mugs. Good morning, Sarah said. It doesn't look too bad out. Her narrow-hipped sister-in-law turned towards her. Are you on a split shift in the hotel today? I finish at four, and then I'm back on again at six for the evening. We need flour and tea. I'll get them, Sarah said. But can it wait until tonight? I wasn't going to come home because Sheila invited me to have dinner out at their house. Sarah's old school friend lived with her elderly parents in the middle of Tullamore and was always happy to have Sarah's company for a few hours. Martina turned back to the sink without answering, the way she often did. Sarah's chest tightened. We're not that short of tea and flour, are we? She went over to check the flour bin. There's enough for three or four loaves and the caddy's half full. Martina took up a linen tea cloth and began to dry the wet cups and plates. Sarah waited for a few moments to see if there'd be any more to the conversation. There wasn't. A silence hung in the air, making her wonder if she should change her plans and come home with the tea and flour during her afternoon break. Then she caught herself. If her brother's wife wanted her to bring the things home, she could ask like a normal person. Trying to read Martina's mind had got her nowhere in the past. Her moods were so changeable that Sarah could cycle all the way back home with the flour and tea to be met with a bemused half-smile. Having a nice hot meal put down to her in Sheila's welcoming house was a far better option. She put the kettle back into the middle of the range to boil and then cut two slices of brown bread and buttered them. As she poured hot tea into her mug... She looked over at Martina, who was now scrubbing the sink. Will I pour you a cup of tea? The scrubbing continued for a few more seconds. Then eventually she said, No, I've had enough. 
Sarah lifted her plate and mug and headed towards her bedroom where she could relax with her breakfast. Thank God the timing has worked out well, Martina suddenly said. Sarah halted in her tracks. Timing for what? The wedding. We're going to need your room. Sarah turned to look at her. We've a baby on the way now, so we'll need more space. Sarah's face broke into a smile. That's great news. She turned back to put her breakfast things on the kitchen table. You both must be delighted. Martina leaned against the sink. I suppose we are. I'm still getting used to it. It'll be lovely for you to have a baby around the house. She suddenly noticed her sister-in-law's pale face. Are you feeling okay?